Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
now.
take your feet is where I wanna be I'm home when I am here with you Ruined by your grace And never by your gaze I can't resist the tenderness in you
Sing it from here. I'm not 
Until the whole world knows, until the whole world knows, the gospel is good news, the anointing breaks the yoke. Until the whole world knows, until the whole world knows, I'll keep going.
All right, well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. If you want to check us out on the website, we're www.prayerinternational.org. You know, it's harvest time. And actually, that's my friend Joe Cruz singing that. That's a few years back when he did that one. But you know, this is the deal. It's just a reminder of the same thing that Jesus said to us. When we begin to look at what Jesus said in the Gospels, he's told us to pray for the harvest in Matthew 9:38 and Luke 10:2. He said the harvest is ripe, the fields are ripe unto harvest. Harvest is plentiful. Right? But the laborers, the laborers, those that are going to bring in the gospel, those that are going to reach out and bring the harvest in, they're few. So what did he tell us to do? He said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into the harvest so they can harvest and bring in. So that's the thing. Before we go out and reach souls, before we go out and preach and teach and do all these things. Make music. We need to pray and ask God to anoint us. See, before there's a sending forth, there's always a calling. And that calling happens when we're in that communion with God, when we're in that place of prayer, when we're in that atmosphere where God can reach through our situation and speak to our hearts. And that's what he does. He calls us. And when he calls us, there's a choice to be made. He says, who will go for us? Whom shall I send? You know, if we go into the sixth chapter of Isaiah, here we have Isaiah worshiping God, worshiping, seeking God. And all of a sudden he has this vision of the Lord. And in the middle of God's glory, just, just hanging out in the temple, doing what he does as a prophet, he begins to have this vision of the Lord in God's presence. And he sees the Lord high and lifted up. And his train, his, his the robe that's on the Lord begins to fill the temple. It fills 
the temple with glory. And all of a sudden, something begins to happen on the inside of Isaiah. He begins to become undone. He, he begins to cry out, Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. The minute he stood, the minute he laid, the minute he knelt or fell prostrate before a holy God, something happened on the inside of him when the holiness of God comes into the room. When God begins to come in and begins to examine and begins to reveal himself to you, he begins to show you who you are. God begins to show you who you are. When God begins to show me who I am, there's something that begins to happen on the inside, just like Isaiah begins to say, well, I'm a man. Uh, 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 I'm undone. I'm, uh, I've got unclean lips. I've got an unclean heart. Woe is me. And there's a repentance and a breaking, and a yielding that begin to take place on the inside of Isaiah. And if we're ever going to begin to develop a heart towards God and a heart like God, because, see, that's the goal. Jesus said the same spirit, the same attitude, the same mind. God said, I'll take your stony hearts, your hard hearts, and I'll turn them into hearts of flesh. Hearts that are workable. Hearts that I can do something with. David was the man after God's heart. So here God recognizes that in our pursuit of him, in our, our seeking him, in our longing for him, There's got to be some type of transition where we don't want our stuff anymore. We don't want our heart anymore. We don't want our ways anymore. We don't want our plan because it's not working. But we want God. We cry out for the living God. God, show me your ways. God, not my will be done, but your will be done. My way is not working. Your way, God. Your ways, God. Your heart, God. Not not my mind, Lord. Renew my mind. Father, give me the, the, the mind of Christ. Isn't that what we're told to, to pray? Paul told us. Jesus tells us. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. Thy kingdom. And so we must pray. Pray for the harvest. We must pray for the harvesters. We must get into a place where we're in the glory of God like Isaiah did in the sixth chapter. The Spirit of God is moving. Even now, the Holy Spirit is here. Why? Jesus promised, I'm going to go away. And when I do, I'm going to not leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone like a bunch of babies. But I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. 
and I'm going to raise you up like men and women filled with my spirit and my might, and I'll give you boldness to preach, boldness to share your experiences with me to a lost and dying world. And that same Jesus that filled those apostles, that filled those disciples, those men and women that prayed in the upper room all that time until something began to shake, just like when Isaiah began to shake, guess what? Thousands of years later after Christ, thousands of years later in this dispensation, something began to shake. And it's not that the Holy Spirit was introduced to the world. The Holy Spirit was already here. He had created the world. He was already moving and living among men and women and doing his work. So this wasn't a new concept, but he had never lived on the inside of men and women until Jesus made a way by his blood and he tore the veil and he said, I won't strive any longer. My my spirit's not going to live in temples made of human hands anymore, but he'll live. In the hearts of men, he'll live. Jesus said, the same spirit that raised me from the dead will dwell in you. So we must pray. What separated these men and women from the average Jewish person at the time? For it's true spirit-filled believers from the average church attender of our time. The difference is one has had tradition and the teachings of their fathers and mothers handed down to them, but they lack an experience and an encounter. Oh, they may believe. They may have some faith. They may believe the stories. They may live a moral life, but they've never had an encounter. They've never experienced him, the Holy Spirit. They've never been filled with him. They've never been breathed upon new life since they've believed. And you say, well, I received Jesus when I prayed, and and I asked Jesus into my heart, and the Spirit of Christ came into my heart. Yes, sure. There's a regeneration that happens just like when people in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, received John's baptism when they believed. They believed on Christ. They repented of their sins. They were baptized in water. They received Christ and became part of the group that they called Christians at Antioch. And we all can subscribe to that same conviction and that same belief if we're followers of Christ. It doesn't matter if you label yourself a Baptist or a Methodist or a Pentecostal. If you're a follower of Christ, you have faith in Christ, 
You repent of your sin. You turn towards God. You get baptized. You begin to study and meditate on his word. Why? Because that's what we're commanded to do. And that's John's baptism. Let's open up our Bibles. I just want to share a little bit here. We want to go to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And hang on. All right, so. Sorry, we're on speaker for just a minute while I've got my hands free. I was looking for a certain Bible and couldn't find it. So we'll go with this one. Now, Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, for those of you that don't know where Acts is. And just raise your hand if you found it. Just kidding, we're on a radio show. Anyways, okay, here we go. All right, so Acts chapter 19 is talking about Paul. Paul in Ephesus. Okay, you know the book of Ephesians was written to the church at Ephesus. Well, this is the situation here at Ephesus that they talked about before that letter was written to that church that was established here by Paul. Now, this is going to be the New International Version. It's not one of my favorite versions to, to speak from, but, you know, it's a little more easily to understand, uh, so we'll just go with it. So it says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now this is the New International Version, and this is what Paul asks some disciples. So these were believers. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. What? Two of these people are believers in Christ. They received, well, we'll get into that in a minute. But here here's some believers. Paul says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? No, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Now, this is an example of the majority of our American churches. They believe. They don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Now, why would God put an Acts 19 right in the middle of the Bible if he didn't find it important? Of all the stories that God could have talked about in the chapters of Acts, which is really our example of what to do as a believer, and this is the way they started the church. 
And Paul told us, just like you received Christ, walk in him. Don't bury the ancient landmarks of your fathers. What are those? Those are standards in God. Those are examples that we have in our Bibles to show us how to live. So there's a reason we have this. So let's let's keep going now. Keep tracking with me. Don't 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 lose. We can all agree that Paul, who wrote two thirds of the Bible, even scholars study what we call the Pauline epistles. They all agree that this man was a very influential writer in our Christian, what we call living, or our apologetics or homiletics, whether we call it theology or doctrine or Christian living. Paul's writings are very influential in all three of those. Very foundational. And this is what he says. Well, actually, let's back up. So they say, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asks, chapter, verse 3, then what baptism did you receive? Follow me here. Paul asks these believers in Christ, you haven't heard of the Holy Spirit, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism, and this is a good one if you want to have a what we call a debate or an argument or whatever you want to term it about whether or not the Holy Spirit is for today. I'm here to say to you the same thing that the Bible says to you. God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So what God did yesterday or in history or in the past, he still does today and will continue to do forever. Now let me tell you why I believe that. Because Jesus said, pray that what goes on in earth Images that and examples that exactly like what's happening in heaven so that what's happening in heaven is manifested on the earth. Spirit was in heaven, came and created the earth. Holy Spirit in heaven came moving uh, around the earth. Holy Spirit, Old Testament, would move upon men and women, as he will, to do his bidding. Holy Spirit, New Testament, decides to live inside of men and women to do his bidding and at times move upon them and through them to display his power and his glory and magnify his name and receive glory and honor that's do his name thank you 
So my point being is this. There's a John's baptism that these believers received. And Paul says John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let's stop. So he's saying, look, the baptism you received was a water baptism. It was just like the baptism Jesus received at, what, the River Jordan. It was the bearing of the old self and the rising up of the new self, the resurrecting of the new self, the new life in Christ, repentance, bearing your sins in the water grave and coming up alive, a new life in Christ. A new way of living. That's just the introduction into Christianity. It's not the it's not the end of it. It's not the completion of it. We only know in part. We only prophesy in part. We only get a little part. We don't get it all. We only come on now. So he says, John's baptism, chapter nineteen, verse four. I'm only in verse four. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. Verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, we'll stop there. Now, at this moment, Paul explains to them what baptism they've received. You've received John's baptism. They're about to receive a new baptism. They received the first baptism, the baptism of repentance, the baptism into the kingdom, the baptism into the introduction to Jesus. Just like when you shake hands with somebody and introduce yourselves, that's the first step. You don't start out having an intimate relationship with somebody the minute you're shaking hands, hopefully, well... Some people do, but God's got a name for that. We won't go there. in a place for that, I think. We won't go there. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. And if that's if that's you, we don't judge. Just run to Jesus, repent, confess your sins. And like he told the woman that was caught in adultery, go away and sin no more. Stop it. Stop it. And just run to Jesus and let him love on you. And let him give you the power to overcome. And give you a new life. Huh? Yeah, none of us are perfect, but there's one that is, and that's Jesus. So John's baptism, if you haven't received it, repent and come to Jesus and get baptized in water. So verse 6, here's what happens. Paul placed his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And there were 12 men in all. Huh. Imagine that. But here are great, wonderful Christian writer Paul, who we can all agree is a pretty important guy. He knew his stuff. I don't think he was a cult leader. 
How many of us can agree, no matter what denomination that you belong to, that Apostle Paul was not a cult leader? Right? Right. How many can agree that Timothy was not a cult leader? We're going to read Timothy in a minute. But check this out. Because Timothy's instructional. That's Christian living. He, you know how we love to just take the Bible chapter by chapter and take little verses and say, this is how we live. This is what we do. So we're going to get into that part too, the, the epistles that tell us how to live for today. And also tell them how to live back then. But we also use that, right, for our Christian living today. Look, you can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose. Oh, I think I'm going to believe this part, but I i don't know about that. How would your spouse feel? And I'm sure all of us that have been married have all been through some kind of thing like this where we've gone through something on some kind of level with a relationship or a marriage or something that Maybe, you know, not habitually, but let's let's say that every single day that you go to be with yourself, they tell you, you know, I love you and I believe in you, but I'm only going to believe about 10% of what comes out of your mouth. And the other 90% of the stuff that comes out of your mouth, you can ignore it. I'm not going to apply it to my life. I'm not going to consider it. And I'm just pretty much going to just act as if it's not even there. How do you think your spouse would feel if they knew that you felt that way or even if you vocalized that to them or to somebody else about them? Not they probably wouldn't take it very well. That'd just kind of be a very, I don't know, just a very shallow or turn out to be a very shallow relationship at some point. Now, let's bring it up to speed a little bit because we are on a Christian radio program and I'm not here to do a marriage seminar. Although we probably need one. I mean, really, we all need it. Because, you know, marriage, here we go. Well, I'm going to Holy Ghost it in the marriage for a minute. Pray for me, baby. You know, marriage sometimes can be very challenging. Jesus has a way of driving people to prayer. <laughs> so, you know, if you're married or single, my advice is pray continually. Just like Apostle Paul advice in first and second Thessalonians. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Huh? Amen. So let's check this out. So Paul lays his hands on them. They speak in tongues and prophesy. Twelve of them. Wow. Let's just stop there. So why did I bring that up? First of all, it, you know, it just stops there and it shifts into a totally different deal, right there. 
Verse 8, which is our next verse, it says, Paul entered the synagogue, boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, or the Christian way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years. So for three months he was preaching in the synagogue and then they kind of argued and he left with some disciples and he went and he preached for two years Tyrannus. So first he was preaching to Jews. The Jews didn't want to hear it. So he went and he preached to the Greeks. He went to the pagans. He went to their Colosseums. He went to where the pagans were. He went to where the sinners were. He went outside of the synagogue and he went into the middle of the places where they were having their feasts and their festivals. And there, whatever the Greeks did back then in their Colosseums, Paul went out there and began to preach right in the middle of it. Huh. And while he preached, he laid hands on people, and guess what happened to them? They got filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. They repented of their sins. They received Jesus. They got healed. They got delivered. They got a whole new way of thinking. They got a whole new way of living. They got a whole new way, period. Jesus, the way. A whole new life. Because it comes with Jesus. The life and a whole new truth. All new belief system that comes with Jesus. When the Holy Spirit comes in, there's certain things that come out and there's things that come in. And it says that all who lived for those two years, the Jews and the Greeks, everyone that lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Even the handkerchiefs and the aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Imagine that. So we'll just stop there. You know, guys, there's power in the name of Jesus. Power in the Holy Spirit. Let's can we read the words of Jesus for a minute? Can we all agree that Jesus probably knows what he's talking about? I mean, I don't, 
And when I say this, I don't say this to be rude. But I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't care if you're Presbyterian or Methodist or Disciples of Christ or Church of Christ or Pentecostal or Free Methodist or Independent. Or Church of God in Christ, Southern Baptist. I can go on forever. Look, this is the deal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your name is. What matters is His name. Are you bearing His name? Are you preaching His name? Are you associated with his name? Are you associated with his word? Are you associated with his spirit? And have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because maybe you've only received John's baptism. And maybe you've only believed. And maybe there's an element and a lack of power in your life because you choose to not let the Holy Spirit operate in your life. And maybe because you only choose to believe some of the things that God says, your relationship with God is very shallow. Because if you only believe some of the things that your spouse says, and the rest of the time you say, oh, you're a liar, I ignore you, I don't want to believe this, this can't be true, oh. How do you think God feels when his children when it's Christians, when it's people, begin to say, oh, we're only going to believe some of the Bible because the rest of the Bible is for back then. The rest of the Bible is for those other believers. There's no way God wants this for me. I'm only going to believe part of the Bible and follow part of the Bible, and the rest of the Bible I'm just going to ignore. God, I'm I'm going to ignore some of the things that you tell me. I'm going to ignore and act like what you say doesn't matter. How do you think God feels about that? Now, we all do this because, look, even those of us that claim that we believe in the spiritual gifts or believe in the Holy Spirit or believe in tongues and prophecy and healing and all that, look, there's so many people that that get so flaky when it comes to the things of God. We all have things we need to work on. We all have things we need to start looking into the Word about and start to do things God's way. We all have things we need to start to hold up in light of Scripture and begin to follow things according to the ways of the Lord, not our ways. See, listen, kingdom ways produce a kingdom lifestyle and a kingdom lifestyle produces kingdom results. And when these disciples came on the scene, they had spent some time with Jesus, listening to his words, developing a kingdom lifestyle. And even without the power of the Holy Spirit in their life, they failed miserably. But they needed God. They couldn't do it in their own strength.
Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. You know, Acts was written by Luke. So if you know the Gospel of Luke, Acts is actually the continuation of Luke. And when you start out in Acts chapter 1, it says, In my former book, I wrote all about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So this was Luke continuing the book of Luke with the book of Acts. If you want to read Luke and then read Acts, it's very interesting because it will show you Christ's life and the way he interacted with his people, the instructions that he gave them, and then he sent the Holy Spirit in them to fill them and move upon them. And then they begin to do those things that Jesus said when he said, greater things shall you do when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So here we go. Until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water. But you, in a few days, will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's that baptism again. See, not only did Paul talk about it, Jesus, your Savior, quote-unquote, my Savior Jesus says, Let's know what Savior Jesus says, everybody. Does it believe in Jesus as your Savior? He says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times and the dates. My Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the uttermost parts of the earth or the ends of the earth. Everywhere. You're going to start at home. And you're going to go as far as you can go to the end of the earth. When? After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, after this Holy Spirit baptism, not John's baptism, not the baptism of repentance, not the, oh, Jesus is my Savior because I believed and got dunked in water. No disrespect because I got dunked too, guys. And it's necessary. So you can have water in your life, but sometimes you need fire in your life. And Jesus said there's a baptism of fire that's coming. And it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, he says. Jesus, Savior Jesus. And after he said this, he was taken up before their sight. Savior Jesus. And after he said this, he was taken up before their sight in a cloud, and he was hid from their sight. Listen. Something happened. Let me tell you. Let's read real quick. When the day of Pentecost, chapter 2 of Acts, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came and the whole place was shaken and the whole place was filled and they saw what seems to be tongues of fire came upon each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. People made fun of them in verse 13 and said, they've had too much wine. Look at these crazy guys. They're drunk. Bunch of fools. Look at the way they're acting. Sit around, acting silly, speaking in tongues, acting drunk. But see, something happened when the Holy Spirit came on these people. Peter stood up and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is what was spoken by Joel the prophet. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, and I'm not servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon will be turned to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, guys. Listen, brothers and sisters. Listen, friends, whoever you are. Maybe you're not my brothers and sisters. Maybe you're not even a Christian. Maybe you don't even know Jesus. But Jesus said right there, Paul said, all who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can call right now. Repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways and begin to call upon God. Just begin to call upon God. Ask Him to help you to get free from your sin. And don't be ashamed. The Bible says, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But if you confess me, I'll confess you. So just confess, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life today. I need you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Lord, give me a heart for you. I give you my life now. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer or something like it, listen, it's okay. 
Just mean it from your heart. Just, just ask him to come in. Just confess your sins. And listen, when you when you do that, listen, find a church where the Bible is preached and be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Go go get baptized in water and begin to follow what the Bible says to do. Listen, God will lead you by his spirit. If you need help, call in 619-638-8458. Email at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're here to help you if you need some guidance, if you need some counseling, if you need some prayer, if you don't know where to turn, listen, maybe you're in ministry and you're, you you don't know who to talk to because you're supposed to be the, the example and, and you don't have anyone to pray with because you're the prayer team. Listen, give us a call. We can help. Jesus can help. We can point you to the one that knows how to fix your situation. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every man, every woman, every person listening tonight, that you would just touch them by your spirit. You'd reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. We thank you for your goodness. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We know that you're our source. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer International Radio, we'll be back soon. Have a blessed night. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.